You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We want to welcome you to a special episode of At Home with Walkie MC, the podcast. Sitting in the room with me today is Angie Brenneman, our family ministry pastor. I'm Chris Knight, senior pastor here at Walker's Missionary Church. And Angie, we have a return, our, our very first, this is season three, yep. our very first return guest with us today. Introduce our guest. Yes, we have one of our um, partners, uh, Deanna Doctor from Michiana Biblical Counseling Center. We welcome you today. Day. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so we have her here today, and we're going to kind of just, she's here because of Thursday mornings here at Mott's. We're actually in the studio on a Thursday morning versus a Tuesday. Right. Actually, before Mott's even takes place, so this is before the actual lesson gets taught today. We we got ahead of the game. Yeah, so she came here to join us this morning um, to speak to our uh, women that are in the room, and um, we've been talking about prayer in um, this season um, down in Mott's, so I asked her to come, but we're going to talk a little bit about this whole idea of how prayer fits in marriage. But this morning, I wanted to kind of get her perspective because this is where Chris and I set. We set with um, couples in our offices. We set with individuals, and we're going to talk a little bit and just open the conversation. Deanna, where and how, what do you see in your chair at the office of where biblical, um, really, uh, marriages that are uh, Christian that say they're both Christians, where do you see that this, um, where do you see them at in the state of marriages in the church? Within our center, clearly people are coming to counseling because they need help. But the couples that are coming in for counseling are what I would refer to as imploding. Usually by the time they get to us, they've already sat down with a pastoral leader or a group of friends in their church and maybe those people are already very busy and overwhelmed with the other needs of the people in their uh, care groups or in their churches and so they're referred to us and by the time they come to us there's a lot of pattern of sometimes overt sinfulness many times unhealthy patterns a lack of communication a lack of teamwork definitely a lack of focus on spiritual disciplines. The things that those of us in the room and probably many people listening to us would say create health, create a God-oriented, biblically-oriented functioning marriage, that's not in place by the time they come to us. And so we literally do get to sit with people who need to be restructured, many times need to be taught again some of the things that they've known all along, they just haven't been patterning. So I would say the state of marriages, particularly among Christians, is not strong, not healthy. You used the word I have never thought of. I don't know why, but did you catch mm -hmm. the, the word restructured? Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of times we restructure our businesses, we restructure mm -hmm. um, our, our homes uh, by rearranging furniture. We do a lot of things. But I, I guess I never really thought about that word when it comes to marriage, because that's really true. You can't just expect that it's going to keep going the same way it was always. You have to continually restructure. I thought that was a really interesting word. Right. And I also heard the word imploding. And I think that's a reality that a lot of times as marriages, we kind of get to, we all get up in the morning, we do our daily routine mm -hmm. and we don't realize what that's um, 
even in when we just say, well, I'm just going to go about the emotions, we're going to be okay. But really imploding is really what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think many of the times the reason we don't identify it is because we're absorbing the implosion. We're saying what you just said, Angie, it's fine. If we can just keep doing what we're doing, eventually it'll self-correct maybe, and we'll get back on track. The problem is that never works in any other setting. Mm -hmm. I can't not put intentional effort into different patterns, different choices, and get a different result. I have to put effort into the pattern and the intentional choice in order to change or restructure, to use that word again, the direction and the trajectory of what we're doing in our marriage. And I think the gospel matters enough that it's worth the time and the intentional effort because my marriage is a picture of the relationship of Jesus Christ with his bride, the church. So what we're doing day in and day out can't just be, eh, good enough. It'll self-correct. No, there has to be effort put into this because I'm a picture of the gospel relationship of Christ and his church. Go ahead. You know, several months ago, Denny Yoder is a staff member of ours here. Uh, he and I have both been here almost seven years now. And we uh, we were having a conversation, and I said to him, can you look back over our seven years? Can you remember a time in our church where we have not had a marriage in crisis uh, at, 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 at some time? <laughs> there was like a little break. It just seems like one is winding down and, and two more come in, and they're always overlapped. Uh, and when I look back at that, we got to talking about it. It isn't as though it was simply because of discipleship. People all of a sudden came to Christ and then realized my marriage is a mess. This is long-term folks inside the church. And so marriage crisis happens very regularly in the church. Right. And I think what you um, spoke to this whole idea of the gospel, Deanna, is that our marriage really is a testimony to the world of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's supposed to be. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yes. the that's yep. the ultimate uh, grace and yes. love and obedience in the lo- same direction. Um, speaking to our kids, speaking to our um, extended family, mm-hmm. speaking to our neighbors, mm-hmm. and what we give. Um, to our marriage will have implications that are far beyond the two of us. For sure. And the beauty and hope in that is that God has never asked anything of us that he hasn't already provided for within me and without of me, outside of me, for me to accomplish. So if I'm reading the scriptures, listening to the teaching in my church, and I'm seeing this picture of marriage in front of me, then I'm evaluating my marriage and they're not matching. The hope that God has already provided is, Deanna, I've made a way there for that. I've given you truth in the word. I've surrounded you with people who are willing to help. I've left you a Holy Spirit who resides in you and gives you divine power. So every marriage can change. That's just so hopeful and encouraging that our marriages don't have to stay the eh, Mm -hmm. or flat out imploding that they might be in this moment. Right, right. And so one of the things that we've been talking downstairs on Thursday mornings is that uh, prayer changes us. And so when you say mm-hmm. that that our marriage has hope, mm-hmm. I 100% believe. I do believe that we're all doers. 
You know, like I get up in the morning and I'm going to go about my day and I'm going to do something in my life. But I really, really believe that when we talk about our marriage being the gospel, it's actually God doing the work in two individuals that then come together and work together towards the same goal. And a lot of times we just want to get up and we say, okay, I'm going to do this marriage right. I'm going to get up. I'm going to maybe do this or that. But it has a heart piece that is so important. And that's where I think this uh, phrase that I've used many a times with the ladies downstairs is that prayer changes me. Yes. Yeah. And so I think this conversation on how prayer can impact a marriage isn't just, um, you know, just one of many, because we know, and I even looked up like the 10 characteristics. Yeah, we know we need to, um, to have healthy marriage, spend time together, do stuff, serve each other, you know, um, you know, spend time healthy things in our life. But prayer changes me. And when I'm changed, the marriage changes. And so talk to me a little bit about, uh, Deanna, what this pattern, you know, of learning what prayer does for a marriage. I think you're going to kind of introduce this whole idea of prayer. Can you do that a little bit um, this morning for us? I sure can. Obviously, prayer has been commanded. So I know as a believer, I'm supposed to do it. But doing it for the sake of me building and growing and learning God and my relationship with God is something that does then change me. So as I'm praying for my husband as a man, as I'm praying for his roles within our home that God has given him, as I'm praying for our marriage, I notice that my heart attitude starts to change. As I change, my marriage is changing. And there might not be change on the other side yet, but I'm not responsible for the other side. I'm not responsible for my spouse. But I am responsible for my attitude, my thought patterns, my behavior patterns. And prayer is literally me coming before a holy God who just by nature of allowing me in is already humbling me in the process of coming. So in that humble coming of, man, God, I don't know what to do. Could you, could you work in my heart so that I see and have wisdom and make wise choices? Because I don't, I don't know what to do to fix this. That postures me in humility, and then God is going, okay, Deanna, I'm already at work, but now I'm, I'm going to work through you, and I'm going to work in you. And all of a sudden, 50% of the marriage is radically altering, and I'm not doing mm-hmm. anything except prostrating, my, prostrating myself before a God who says, I already have the answers. Mm-hmm. I like um, one of the verses that uh, you have used in the past, and I know that we all sat here in that prayer is a command. And I don't think we often think mm-hmm. that, like Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, and we went, we walked this um, through with the ladies, and um, Jesus said, this is how you pray, and this is what you do, and you do it daily. This is a, a daily, mm-hmm. but it's commanded. Yes. In Colossians 4, we're told to continue steadfastly in prayer. That word continue is literally the belief that the practice is already in place and I'm just continually rolling the practice out. That idea of steadfastly is interchangeable in some places in the New Testament with the word endurance. Mm. And although I'm not a Greek scholar, uh, we have one in the room, but not me. Uh, (laughs) Although I'm not a Greek scholar, the word endurance is literally the idea to stand up underneath the weight of something. So God is saying that as I continue in the pattern of prayer steadfastly, an interchangeable word with endurance, I'm developing the ability to stand up under the weight of something. Just 
through praying. And then we have the audacity, and I have done it just so many times in my own life, to believe that or to say, well, all I can do is pray. Exactly. Uh, so we just finished um, the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, yes. in a small group that I was in. Uh, I think we live in a culture that says prayer is not active enough. Like if I'm praying, I'm like just sitting here, I should be actually doing something mm-hmm. uh, to make a difference. And so I, in one way, we're self-starters. We're, um, there's some good traits in that. But the bad part of this is we see prayer as I'm, I'm inactive. I'm not doing anything. I, I, you know, I'm just sitting here when I should be out making a difference or an impact. And we have to change that mentality. I would agree. And Hebrews 4 says that when we boldly approach the throne of God, we find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. So this is the biggest, baddest, pardon my English, thing that we could do is come before a holy God who says, Deanna, I'm going to give you grace and mercy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that step of us coming to the Lord in prayer is also a surrender of our control. Yes. And I've said this many times because, you know, as a woman, I'm, I'm guilty. I like to control my life and my kids by, you know, my husband, but that's actually not my role. That was never listed in the uh, biblical roles of a wife, but how many of us are guilty of this? Mm -hmm. And in this, I am laying, I am surrendering in prayer that I'm not my husband's Holy Spirit. That's God's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've made a good case for prayer. Prayer is important. Prayer is critical. Let's so for the listener here in in, in the next half of this episode, how do we start doing this? Give us some some practical tips for how I pray for my spouse. Well, I think first you just have to make a decision that you're going to do it. Sure. And so maybe saying I'm just going to pray for him all throughout the day, that's probably not super beneficial. But setting aside a specific time or a specific place in your day where all I do is pray for Steve, that's my husband, then all of a sudden I'm already dialed in to think through how would I pray for him. And so I encourage wives all the time to pray, and we're going to talk about this later today, but to pray through the roles that a husband has been given by God. The reason I encourage that is because it hones my prayer life in on what God desires of him instead of what Deanna desires from him. Mm. And now we're back to what you said earlier about control, Angie. Let's make no mistake about it. Deanna's got a complete agenda she could roll out right now for Steve Doctor. (laughs) And I've got sub points and I've got great (laughs) examples and I've got all sorts of illustrations so that he can get his life in line with what I desire. But I'm not his God. And so when I pray through the roles that God has given him, it changes my heartbeat towards him. And now I'm asking for things that I believe God is going to move in because I'm praying his heart. So one of the roles that a husband has is to love their wives. And so there are specific things that we'll talk about later about that God would say are loving. They are aspects of God's love demonstrated through a husband. I encourage wives, pray over your husband being a lover of you, but more importantly, a lover of God. Mm -hmm. Another role is that he's a leader. He's the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. Don't pray how you want him to lead. Again, I've got all sorts of suggestions for Steve. I could whip that dude into shape, but instead pray for how God wants him to lead. What matters to God's heart for leadership? How does God lead us? 
How did Christ lead his disciples in their earthly ministry? Those are things to pray over the leadership of a husband. There are several other um, roles. One is to learn a wife. One is to serve a wife. But I think when we pray over the roles that God has given to a man, then all of a sudden my heart stays humble and I'm praying for things that God is definitely going to move in because I'm praying what God would desire for my husband. Yeah, I really like that focus because it's shifting off of self into mm-hmm. asking God, as you said, what his desire is. To the listener this morning who is uh, says, I'm in a really rough, rough relationship. Um, just thinking of my husband right now is hard. Praying for him is even harder. Um any suggestions on how to pray for a husband who is really disconnected from the family, perhaps abusive to the family, um, you know, struggling in this marriage relationship to a wife who says, I don't even like him, let alone Mm -hmm. want to pray for him. Yeah. As I hear that, even my heart just aches. And if you are one of those women and you're listening, I just want to encourage you that God sees and he knows and he has the heart of a compassionate, caring father. And so praying for that man that you might not like, you might detest, you might fear, Mm -hmm. you might not trust, is going to be very hard. And so my encouragement would be to pray for him as though you're praying the heart of God for him. I'm struck by Romans 5, 8 all the time that while we were still sinning, Mm -hmm. Christ died. And that was a demonstration of the Father's love for us. And so I can demonstrate the love of God towards maybe a brother in Christ, otherwise known as my husband, maybe an unsaved man, otherwise known as my husband, by talking to God and praying for him. And so it might help this wife to think, if she's in this situation, to think and remember that all relationships serve one of two purposes. Every relationship is either evangelistic or it's sanctifying. So I'm having every conversation I have towards evangelism, believing that this person needs to be drawn into relationship with Jesus, or for sanctification, believing that they need to be taken deeper with Jesus. And so as she prays for her husband, that might be a helpful way to distance some of that personal pain and suffering and think of him as first an image bearer who either needs salvation or he needs further sanctification. But I'm going to agree with you, Chris, that's just flat out hard to do. And, And so we have to make the decision that obedience to what God has commanded is best for me even though it feels like it would be hurtful or damaging to me. Yeah, I, th- I think that what you're saying is the reality is we have to make a decision, a choice, mm-hmm. that no matter where we sit or who we sit with, that we make a choice to be changed by prayer. And that's what we're saying, that it's not mm-hmm. only just changing um, and praying for change in that person, but I think God can bend our heart in that prayer mm-hmm. and change us. Yes. And prayer literally does push back darkness. Mm-hmm. The number of times in the Old Testament where God's people prayed and angels were dispatched, the number of times in the New Testament a prayer was given and human illnesses were healed, 
um, sins were completely forgiven through a prayer. Literally, prayer is pushing back darkness. So to the wife who visibly sees, maybe physically experiences the darkness in her husband's soul, you have the power through prayer, through a private conversation with God, to push back the enemy's desire and assault in your husband's life. And man, that's worth it. Mm -hmm. That is totally worth it. You know, this um, marriage is made up of two. And I can tell you sitting here that I'm a wife who was prayed for. And I think that um, a lot of times we do say, and that we do say, oh, you know, woe is me as a woman because, you know, I, I need this or that. But I can tell you that because my husband prayed, my heart, my, my, the change in my life, and I think this is a word that I would use a lot of times that happens in us women, is that bitterness grows deep. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as, you know, the hurt that the wife, I mean, we both have it on both sides. And so um, let's talk a little bit how a husband can pray for his wife, because it's a reality that we're setting here, um, needing change in so many ways, just as much as our spouse. For sure. So Chris, you're going to be the expert on this as a husband, but I'll, I'll oh, lead out. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll lead out with how Steve has consistently prayed for me, I would say over the last 20 years. We were on the brink of divorce 20 years ago, and um, I gave all my counselees over to other counselors. I was honest with them about why, and we sat in intensive marriage counseling, and, and we restructured everything over that year. And one of the things that got restructured was prayer, because we had not been a praying couple And I have had the joy of listening to Steve pray for me, having him text me or email me the prayers that he's prayed over me that day. And one of the ways that he consistently prays for me is based on what he sees in me as strength, which just goes to Steve because he's the eternal optimist. But he's always praying my strengths over me, what he already sees as strength. I love that. Because I don't necessarily see them as strength. And if I do, I can become conceited, arrogant in them. And the fact that Steve is praying over them reminds me, oh, wait a minute. That's a God thing for kingdom work, Deanna. That's not a you thing. So it, it again, bends my heart, keeps my attitude humble and pliable before God. But the other way that he prays is similarly to what I said about husbands. He prays my roles over me. Now, that really benefits him because one of my roles is submission, and I don't actually like being told what to do. So that ends up working out really well for Steve. (laughs) Um, But he prays my roles over me, too. He prays for my attitudes because one of my commands from God is to respect my husband. So he prays for my overall attitude towards God, towards him. He prays for me to follow leadership well. First God's, then his. He prays for the hats that I wear during the day. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are wives and moms and maybe building careers or ministry women, or maybe they're stay-at-home moms who are seeking to disciple and mentor life skills into their children. Those are roles that a husband can pray over. And then I do think, and we haven't really touched on this, spouses know each other very well better than other people do. And so although Chris and Angie know me and they might be able to pray over some of my sin struggles, Steve knows my sin struggles. And so he can pray with targeted accuracy Mm 
that I would denounce my own sin, that I would be quick to confess and repent, that I would walk in that repentance. And I think that matters because very few people see the ugly of us like our spouses do. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's real power in a husband praying over asking God to remove and to shield the sinful bents of his wife from her heart. Right. Uh, you, I've hit it on the um, nail on the head with that, that we pray for a lot of things, but to, to pray that we would bend towards God, to pray that we would see and confess. And that's really where relationships start to change. And it changes us. It changes um, us as a, a couple. Um, one of the things that I want to kind of give, um, when we were at the marriage retreat, Chris, you remember this, Steve Norman came in and he he actually said this us. Uh, a really short little way to pray for each other and with each other is to maybe end the day with one prayer as the husband prays one minute for his wife and then the wife prays one minute for her husband and then you pray one minute for your marriage. That's just a simple, simple step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very much so. I, I want to thank you for your vulnerability. Uh, if, if anything, for the listener, I think today, hearing that it's possible, that God can change. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you said 20 years ago, you were looking at a divorce yourself and the possibility mm-hmm. of, of, of giving up a practice and, and so on, mm-hmm. that gives me hope. That gives, I think, the listener hope that things can change, but there has to become a priority on prayer and restructuring other parts of our our life as well. As we begin to wind down this episode, um, there's some practical helps for prayer time. What would some of those things be? Mm -hmm. I think picking a time, and I like what Angie said, good grief, most couples have three minutes. Yeah. At the start of the day, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day where they're connecting and there's a minute of prayer. So I like the idea of picking a specific time where either you're going to pray together or the wife is just going to utilize that as her prayer time for her husband. I have found over the years that what helps me is either a list or a journal. And so clear back in college, I took a class on prayer and one of the Uh, projects was a prayer journal. I have lost touch. I don't know where that thing went. It's in the abyss. But what I started developing about 20 years ago was a new one. And so I have a list that's in a notebook. And certain people are assigned certain days, certain circles of my life are assigned certain days. And just to be really transparent with the listeners, Deanna is not praying two to three hours a day. I would love to say that I am. That's a amazing goal. That's not my typical prayer life, but I can afford 20, 30, 35 minutes a day. And I didn't start there. I started with two or three. And so using a list gives me something to focus on and then to pray over. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's helpful to people. Mm -hmm. So maybe picking a time as well as just starting with a list or a journal could be really helpful. When my wife gets ready in the morning, uh, I hear like a half a dozen alarms go off on her phone. And I'm like, what, what was that? I, like, I, I kind of get this idea in my mind, like it's a backup alarm to wake up, backup alarm to wake up, backup alarm. But she goes, oh, no, this is, uh, it's Mission Monday, and this is what I'm praying for. This is, this is what I'm praying for when that alarm goes off. It's just those trigger points that we can set on our phones as simple reminders. Now it's time to change my focus right now for a few moments to pray for my children, pray for my husband. 
brief. Yeah, and we can all pick a, I think uh, one of the things you have alluded in the past as you've um, spoken in our places that a place and time and like you're saying a time, but a place. Sometimes when you're in a place, like when you're in the car and you're driving, you know, a lot of times we think that that's just wasted space. No, that's not wasted space. God's right there beside you. And to say, hey, when I'm driving, I'm going to pray for my husband or I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray for this um, in our marriage. And so a place is really a big deal to just mentally note that. I agree because then it becomes a rhythm. Right. If mm-hmm. I'm regularly in my car and that becomes a time, the place I pray, or if I pray for certain people every single time I'm showering, that becomes a built-in rhythm. And rhythms multiply. So now I'm already setting myself up for that to become a pattern that's broader reaching in other places of my life for other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find myself uh, very active throughout the day. And so when I hop in my truck to drive somewhere, I'm learning that silence is about the only place I get silence is when I'm driving somewhere. And so taking the time, instead of trying to listen to podcasts all the time or listen to news or trying to figure out more information to take in, uh, I've started to learn the discipline of, of turning that outwards and saying, okay, how can I maximize this time to pray for others? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we just want to thank you, Deanna. I mean, really, truly thank you for being a part of our ministry here. Would you agree, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We are grateful for Michiana Biblical Counseling Center, Deanna, David Hills, uh, the team over there. This has been a good partnership. It's been a needed partnership for Walker Missionary Church, and we are so grateful for you. Uh, I know we've had David on. Here's here's my hope as uh, At Home with Walk EMC continues its podcast future. I sure hope you guys are not strangers because you add a lot to our church ministry. You add a lot to our community, and I think you're really helpful to our listeners. To our listeners, we're grateful that you took time to tune in today. We want you to know this. Walker Missionary Church exists to help you. We want to help you. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We also want to help you grow in your relationship with others, and that can mean your spouse. And so if we can be a part in, in this journey with you, give us a call. Stop in. We want to help, and we want to help point you and your relationships to Jesus Christ so that you can have health, but you can also have peace in your life. You don't have to carry the weight that you are continuing to carry, and uh, I'm going to encourage you to maybe even re-listen to this episode again. Put it on your calendar. Set a reminder. Listen to the reminder of prayer in your relationship. So we want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. Our prayer for you is that you continue on your journey with the Lord and that you continue to experience his grace and his peace in your life. At Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.